you're listening to Life in the Peloton with Mitch Stocker. Me. Today on hey, hey, oh okay you can come away a bit if you want. I yeah, always you, I always do that. Yeah. Is it inside the peloton? Life in the peloton. Today on Life in the Peloton, Christopher Jewel Jensen, after his four fantastic years with Tinkoff Saxo, ending as Tinkoff, he is now ready to take the move to Orca Greenedge, where. 25, 29 riders are anxiously waiting for his presence and looking forward to see what he's up to. We're going to talk to him about changing teams, changing countries, changing sex. No, not quite. But first, the first two, definitely, and see what he has to say. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, cool. So here we are, another epi, life in the peloton. Potty. Another potty, exactly. Got Zachy. Um, <laughs> got my new teammate here, Chris Yule Jensen, and um, got a pretty interesting story with you. I originally thought you were just a full-on Dane. Or a wannabe Irishman. But you're actually a wannabe Irishman. Yeah. yeah. Well, people are always a little bit confused. It, we, I grew up in Ireland. Yep. I told this story like a million times. <laughs> Danish parents, grew up in Ireland, born and raised in Ireland. I have an older brother, a younger sister. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I lived there for 16 years and moved back to Denmark, into, or just to Denmark. Never lived there before. And then uh, <laughs> joined Denmark in 2005. Right. And but now I've declared for Denmark. You're 100%. You don't... No, I, don't, I have an Irish passport. I can't find it. Yeah. I mean, I could renew it. <laughs> I should have it. I think I have dual nationality. <laughs> um, but it, you know, I was like 16 when we moved, so it was sort of a no-brainer declaring for Denmark in yeah. terms of cycling. Cycling sort of more or less dictated the whole move. Yeah, that's what you were saying. That was the whole move going yeah. back for a cycling school. It was like the catalyst for the whole, the rest of the family to move. First, my my brother he moved two years prior to me and mm. the rest of the gang, and then my parents were like, yeah, okay, we can see where this is going. They're not coming back, <laughs> and then we just uh, we stayed, and then we I had the chance to get on the national team. So it's like, I might as well get a Danish, you know, passport. passport. <laughs> yeah, right. So then, pretty much what I wanted to discuss with you was, you know, changing countries, changing teams. You're here with us now. You've left those uh, Danes behind. You yeah. did, you've did fifth year professional now, four years with Saxo. Typical Dane move. You know, they always pick up their own yeah. quickly. <laughs> and um, now you've gone, you know what, I've had enough of that. And I want to come across and see what these Aussies are about. What the, all the talk is about. Yeah. yeah. I'm, is there talk? A lot of talk. Is which there? Which suits me well. What? Literally. Well, you're just talking all the time. <laughs> and so do I. So uh, I feel like a hand on the glove in here. Yeah, right. Um, but no, it's, it's you know, it, I think, not to sound like an old hippie who's trying to, you know, find himself, but after four years, I felt like it was it was the perfect time to, like, like try something new. Mm. I was happy where I was, but I was also keen to try. Keen. Yeah, try try to you know move, 
And then um, the opportunity came, yeah. and I was like, yeah, right, oh, let's, let's give it a go. But what you were saying before, the talk, like, what is the talk outside the team? You know, were you thinking like, oh, yeah, these guys are pretty crazy? Or, like, they wear are... wigs yeah. and the air guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... I don't know. What is the vibe? Like, obviously, I, think I don't it, know that. I rate the vibe, but it's, I think it's, uh, we, everyone from the, you can see from the outside, it's like, everyone gets on, along on the team. Mm. Um, everyone's easy to talk to, I think, primarily because, you know, you're all speaking English, even yeah. foreigners. That's true. Um, and it's funny to see how the foreigners, they're adapting the, the Australian way of talking. Even the Spanish guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Even they're starting. Um, like, I've noticed with Alba as well, a lot of things he says, he says it like with a real Ita- or Australian way of saying things. <laughs> that's Michael Albacini. He's yeah. a Swiss guy from our team. S- yeah, Swiss Aussie now. And he speaks like a million languages too. Yeah. So he's like all mixed up in he- like s- heaps of accents. Yeah, and thrown in a reckon and keen and heaps and all this. So uh, <laughs> I think for a lot of, you know, all of us seeing it on the outside, there's always a super cool vibe. Yeah. Whether you're slogging out in the front or kicking back in the gruppetto or whatever you're doing. <laughs> so I'm sort of, uh, no, I'm looking forward to be sort of part of that. <laughs> yeah, sweet. And um, one thing like coming from Saxo. Um, Tinkoff. Tinkoff, sorry. Um, big kit change. I was a big fan yeah. of that kit last year. I love that fluoro kit. I saved a hell of a lot of electricity. I didn't have to turn, off, turn on my lights. <laughs> it was like glowing. We need to do a little kit swap. Have you still got some of that around? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I given a lot of it away. Yeah. But I still I still have uh, heaps of it lying at home. Maybe I can give you our kit from this year. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Or the original one, the first one. Oh yeah, that'd like be a football cool. trade. That would be good. But uh, no, a lot of uh, OxyVanish went into cleaning our kits, <laughs> fluorescent yellow jerseys. But it's the same here with the white sleeves. Yeah, right. That Which I true. I like. It's I rate the the. Yeah, but they get pretty dirty pretty. Yeah, quick. yeah. Plus, like I'm always blowing my nose or rubbing my mouth. <laughs> and it gets. Do you, Very dirty. Do you find it funny, like, when I, I always remember when I come back in every year, and, like, you're doing the first races, you're like, who's that guy? Yeah, you yeah. You know, like, who's he? Like, do you reckon you're gonna, people are going to get that with you? You're like, who's this green edge dude? Like, yeah, the way. Oh, it's him. Yeah. He oh, was on Tinkoff. Yeah. I hope so. And I, I even, like, when I put on the kit the first time, first January, I looked myself in the mirror, I was like, wow, I look look like Beaulieu or... <laughs> I look like one of you guys, you know, with the helmet. Oh, is that happy? No, wait, it's me. You know, I had to get used to looking at myself in the, in the yeah. like, with a Scott helmet on. But I've, you know, gradually, obviously, I've gotten used to it. But I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like in the race, you know? Yeah. And, like, riding against the guys I rode with for four years. Also, the Danish guys have been dispersed quite a lot. Yeah, that's true. Maddie, who was one of my really good friends, he's with Cannondale. That's true, with, Maddie Breschel. Yeah, Maddie yeah. Breschel. The, the lead guitarist in our three-man band. Yeah, tell us about your little three-man band. Yeah, it's, it's Maddie Breschel, who sings and plays lead guitar. Then it's uh, the, the former pro, Anders Lund, yep. who I also rode with, one of my really good friends. And then myself and drums. But we, we, actually, we were on oh, YouTube. Breschel's the lead singer. Yeah. yeah. We're, we don't have a, uh, a bass player, actually. I was about to say bassist, but that's because in Danish you say bassist. <laughs> that's the same. Like, that's again, mixed translation. You come to an Aussie team, you're saying weird things because you're just used to speaking like the Italians. Ah, si, ma. And then you guys, it's, it's the same. But um, we haven't played for a while, actually, because uh, Maddie had kids, yeah. as you do. And then uh, that made a lot of noise. They moved, and I moved, and then, uh, you know, Anna stopped. But we'll have a reunion. Actually, speaking of where you moved, you were telling me before, typically 
pros all live in like Spain, yeah, Italy, yeah. you know, places that are warm, places that are easy have to travel climbs. from. Yeah, climbs. But you've gone back. Yeah. Gone oh, back I, I don't think I ever really left Denmark. Mm. But um, I did give, you know, Luca a go. I still rent an apartment down there. In Italy. Yeah, yeah. in Italy, um, which is a fantastic place to ride. But um, my wife got married in November. Uh, she's she's an architect, full-time architect in Copenhagen. So that's sort of... This November you got married? Yeah. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. So, and we're still married. So it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she works full-time in Copenhagen. And with the way, that, you know, the calendar looks in the modern cycling, it's just, it's full tilt from more or less the first training camp. Mm. And then I would have been in Luca the mo- most of December, but I, I had a pin put in my, or a screw put in my scaffold. So I was in Copenhagen there anyway. Mm. So yeah, I'm based primarily there, which is a cool way to be a pro. Do you reckon it makes you like... A better pro. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say, because you're more happy. I could imagine living... Like, I love going back to Melbourne every year. Yeah. And... But the only thing I would think... Are the distractions. Yeah. Like, I think when I'm in when I'm in Girona, in Spain, like, I, I leave Australia and it's like, all right, it's Operation game shut on. down. Yeah, operation shut down to a degree. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. But then, like, when I'm back in Melbourne, it's like... Chill. Chill. And I yeah. can enjoy it. And so how's it gone combining both? I think it's, 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 again, I think it's just a question of, like, having enough discipline to be able to combine both. Mm. Plus, you know, having my wife at home, it's sort of, you know, it makes, when I'm home, I sort of chill with her. Mm. She has a full-time job, so I'm more or less like a, a, a housewife to a certain extent, <laughs> which I enjoy. But I'm, like, living my life through around her every you know daily way of doing things so everything doesn't revolve around me and my bike which is nice which is you know which is really nice it you know it works for some it works it doesn't work for others when you come on the race that's all it revolves around yeah and it's like you get tired of that yeah and i think it's nice to have like somewhere where you can release that pressure and like think about something else but then again after a couple of weeks i would never stay in copenhagen if i had like four weeks mid-season without racing where i have to train yeah. You know, there obviously I'd take like, usually I'd have a break after the spring, after the classics, and then I'd go operation shot down in Luca. Luca. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no distractions there whatsoever. No, just a load of coffee bars and cappuccinos and good wine. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the cappuccino king? Once. He's actually, he died. Yeah, I heard last that. Last year, rest in peace. Can you, can you explain the cappuccino king to people who don't know? I can to a certain extent, even though, you know, I haven't. I've only been there once. Yeah, me too. I, but I, it took me like three hours because he he showed us through all his pictures. Yeah, he has like a very impressive photo album. It's like when you go to your granny, it's like, oh, <laughs> I gotta go. No, stay. <laughs> Look at all my pictures. So what is it though? So it's, for people listening, what, what, this is a pretty famous guy. And yeah. When I, mean, I went down to Italy on a holiday, Brett Lancaster used to live around the corner from me. He goes, you got to go to this guy, Cappuccino yeah. King. He makes the best cappuccinos, cappuccinos in the whole world. world. Yeah. And I think he does. He did. It's a tiny little bar. What town is that? It's where? It's a Montecatini. Yeah. Close to. Because Mon- Brett used to live in this place, Monsum- Monsumano. Yeah. yeah. So it's around the corner from there. And, you know, I remember when I was in a, a junior, the, some of the Danish amateur teams would more or less go on training camp there. Just because of him. <laughs> really? I don't, I, they Based trained. Himself, but it was like, oh, we're going down the Cappuccino King. <laughs> We just gotta have some cappuccinos, you know. And their pictures are in the yeah. the cafe. But they they're so full on those yeah, cappuccinos. Yeah. I don't. Mean, it's even like drink. a dessert. Yeah. And it's like the size of 
Like this little cup we're drinking coffee out of is a pretty basic sized cup. It's like twice as big. Yeah. And it takes them a long time to make it. And then when you get it, it's just like a meal. Oh, <laughs> it's so sweet, isn't First it? you have to get there. It's like you, not even GPS. Have you seen like when Top Gear in Luca and they have to drive their cars oh, out yeah. of Luca, they can't get out of it? I haven't seen it's that. It's the same as finding Cappuccino King. <laughs> it's impossible to find unless you know someone who's been there like every day. So you get there and you're like, okay, got to try one of these. Wow, it's a feast. <laughs> it is sweet, isn't it? Oh, unreal. And then we finished it. I was there with a couple of mates. And then he came with like an extra cup of foam, <laughs> like as just... a gift, I think, like an extra tr- taste it. I was like, oh. like God. if you're lactose intolerant, you're fucked. You can't go there. And if you say no, I think <laughs> he like, him. he's had, he has so many connections. You'll, you won't even get a contract the year after, you know? Yeah, that's so I was like, oh yeah, see, grazie, grande. <laughs> oh man, I nearly had, we nearly had to take the train home. It's unreal. Oh. But it was worth the experience. Yeah, it was I'm happy I, I got it before he unfortunately passed away. Yeah, that's, that's true. They say he's passed on a secret recipe though. Has he? Yeah, so we, I should go back and try it. Yeah, when you're back down there for yeah. the lockdown. Yeah, after I fasted for like 10 days. <laughs> Can't afford one. Oh, God. Um, yeah, right. So then, you know, and if you picked up any other little um, funny little things now... Other than the like, well, like Saxo, I can imagine was or oh, sorry, Tinkoff. I keep calling that. They their language was what Italian. It sort of gradually changed from being English, Danish English to you know st- still English. You know, yeah. everyone spoke English pretty well, but it did you know uh, go towards Italian, Spanish, yeah. Italian speaking, um, which I had nothing against because I sort of was keen on trying to learn it. I haven't I've learned now, but. Uh, here, so from last year, let's just take, for example, the Giro, yeah. where they're all, you know, Italian speaking. And they're, you know, prim- majority of the time, was, I found out, like, if you can just see, say, si, ma, che, and no. Si, ma, che, no. You know, you can get pretty far. Cause What's that's the, the translation? Si, yes. Yeah. Cha, or ma. What's I don't know. That? I think that's like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> and che, che does mean like a million things they try to explain it. And then eventually you just find out they're talking about crostata, like the dessert cake. Like they just be waffling on for like five hours. About and then it, it's all about the dessert. It's like, ah, oh, crostata. Oh. And I think here's a little bit the same, but it's just a different accent, you know, obviously a different language. But there's like the abbreviations. Yeah. And I, luckily my Irish background helps me. Oh, so it's tough picking up on all the abbreviations we do. Not, you know, some of them you got to like pretend you know what they're talking about. So I don't like... Expose myself as like some dumb Danes, like, ooh, what does that mean? But uh, a lot of the time I know what it means. Well, it's just an O or a Y. Yeah. On the end of everything. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I just got to figure out when it suits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I can just imagine, like, the Italians or Spanish speaking or whatever come to the team like this, they must be like, God, I thought I spoke a little bit of English. Like, what the hell is this? You know? But more or less, the two teams, um, you know, they run more or less the same, don't they? Yeah. That's what I can imagine. I've only been in two different teams, and you came. Here, I came here from a pro continental team, and then you're like, "Oh, I don't know what's it going to be like." But you know what? It's exactly the same, but it's just a big bigger scale. And Tinkoff already being pro tour, it's more or less the same True. changeover. But it's did you, you know, feel like new school though? Like was it like new kid in school? You a know, little got picked on in the first couple of days in the stomach. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's obvious to everyone that I talk a lot. You mm-hmm. know. 
and um, you know, you always gotta. I have to be careful, you know, or make sure I put a finger in the ground, like make a get a feeling of what the buzz is like, because mm. uh, you know, I'd be waffling forever at Tinkoff, and he, he, the new kid in the block always has to be like aware of who's who's, who's who and yeah. like what do you say and when do you not say whatever, you know. But I, you know, I've been really really impressed with how easy it is to become integrated in this yeah, team. Yeah, right. It's like... That's the Aussie, maybe the Aussie attitude. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's like... Um, and it rubs off on everyone, you know? Yeah. Everyone adapts to that Aussie way of, of thinking without it having an effect on performance, Yeah. which I really like, you know? I'm, and I'm comparing, like, good, to, good with good because yeah. I, I was really happy with four years. But it's just nice to, to move and then still be really comfortable in your environment. And after, like, what, a couple of months? Hmm. So, but I'm still, you know, now be nerve-wracking to start the first race. I'm looking forward to racing. You and I got a chance to race with each other in the breakaway last year in yeah. Flanders. That's true. And I remember you were being such a pig that day. You know, <laughs> just not even pulling turns and, you know. And you shouted at me earlier in the day. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> what did I say? I don't remember you remember. We're, and I had my hand in the bandage. Like, I was creeping. My hand was pretty sore. I crashed there a few weeks before in San Remo. So, you know, I was... I was a bit, you know, wasn't in the best of moods. But I remember we were on one of the cobble sections and I got in your way and you were like, yo, yo, yo. And I was like, yo, what? yo, yo, man, what's up? Because <laughs> the way you said it, you sound like you're like rapping or something. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I was like, what up, man? <laughs> but then we went in the break, it's true. Yeah. Just before Quadamond. Yeah, which eventually went into nothing. Yeah, for people who want to know when the, the best time to get away, all the sports directors are always saying in Flanders, if you can get ahead of the bunch before out Quadamond, then you'll be really good. <laughs> and we were in that break yeah. before the second time, but we got caught at the bottom. The, the worst, worst possible, possible moment. Like full tilt, down towards the bottom, get caught, then spat out the back. Exactly. Good job. And that was the end of our race. Yeah, more or less, yeah. All right, well, we won't go on for ages today. I just wonder, we're on camp here, so we're about to get... Altitude. You know, altitude in South Africa. We're about Sucking to, in the big oxygen. About to get ripped. Um, yeah, lean. I've got a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Your favourite race and why? Um, I would say on a big scale, like pro tour scale, I'd, I'd say from what I've experienced as a pro myself... The ambience around Flanders mm. is is pretty special. But then, you know, okay, everyone says Flanders. So I'll change it. And everyone probably says this as well, but San Remo. Oh, right. Just, the, I know it's like, it's a weird race, but it's like 300k for the last two climbs. And the winner is just like Jesus in, mm. he's like as holy as the Pope in Italy. Mm. There's something beautiful about that one day race. Um, then, you know, I've never done the tour. I've done the Giro twice. Mm. Um, which you know will always be an important race to do, I think, as a pro. But on a smaller scale, as a Dane, doing Tour of Denmark, I've done it eight times and winning it, and then winning it last year, which was my ultimate goal for the season. That was pretty special. And Korea, ultimate goal. Korea oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, before... have all the famous Danes won that? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. The only Bian? one, Bjorn's won, yeah. Um... Maddie. No, he would have had the record in winning it if he was able to keep the jersey during the time trial. He has the record on the most stages, though. Oh, right, but he, he has never won the overall. No. Fultzang's won, like, oh, yeah. four times. But uh, 
winning it, you know, last year was that was incredible. Mm. Plus, cycling is just such a pop- popular sport in Denmark, and it was the first year it was broadcasted live on television, so it was just insane how many people were out in the roads. So that was pretty. That was pretty special. So yeah, those races, I'd yeah. say that's cool. Yeah. Um, if there wasn't cycling, another race. Wait, another race I've never done is the yeah. Ross. What's the Did you Ross? ever do the Ross as an amateur? What's the Ross? You know the Irish race, the stage race, the Ross. Oh no! Like yeah, yeah there's I've a famous been, yeah. saying like if you've done the Ross, then you're a man of the Ross. But I never got the opportunity. And it doesn't exist anymore, does oh, it? it does. Oh, it, it does. does. Yeah, yeah. A lot of international teams do it, but I, you know, and it's just it's a combination of county it, teams, not pro tour teams, not pro county teams. Could it be a race that you go back and do post career? Oh, uh, I th- you know just squeeze out one more year. I think amateur it, team. I don't, I don't know. That's a hard one. Be, I think it would be one of the most demoralizing things to do because it would just be so hard, you know? Yeah. Like, it's one of those races. I've talked to some Danish guys who've done it as amateurs. They were like, Jesus Christ. We've done this, we did this race. This is like back early 2000. And they were seriously afraid of getting dropped. Because if they got dropped, they'd, you'd be like, I'd never get home again. This is like in the middle of nowhere. Why is it pretty hilly? Hilly and just that barren Irish, beautiful countryside, you know? But not for riding. It, I think oh. it makes for a hard stage race. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay if there wasn't cycling what would you be known for what would you be doing um talking yeah but uh you know through <laughs> through cycling i i i write oh, yeah. not that i'd be a writer like my as i call spade a spade <laughs> i write blogs for you know the magazine roller mm-hmm. and i get a lot of uh i get a lot of enjoyment out of that what's your blog called is there like a title for it people can have a look at it no it's just me yeah chris Jill jensen yeah and then the title just... It's funny. They always ask me for a title and a picture. And I never... They always make up the title and the picture. But I write the blogs. But it's, it's similar to like this this uh, party. But then written, you know, just yeah. how I experience cycling. They're pretty sweet. I had a couple of reads the other day. And um, if you want to know more about like Gruppetto and different little uh, funny things. Yeah, eating. The funny intricacies of us eating. Vanity. Yeah, vanity. Cyclists and socks. <laughs> What else have I written about doing like what we do when we're not doing the tour? Yeah. We're pretending we're doing the tour. I <laughs> might as well admit it. You know, like, I'm in the break <laughs> with Vauclair and Chavanel and everyone's just going bananas. Uh, and then you get busted by an oncoming car. It's like, loser. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so, if, yeah. I, if, I, yeah, if I didn't cycle, I'd for sure be, I think I'd, not to sound like a nerd, but I, 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 I think the university life would, would suit me quite well. Mm. And then, yeah, just like get amongst it. Doing something that where I can use my ability to, you know, interact with people, I suppose. <laughs> All right, then, what's your favorite drink? Alcoholic, non-alcoholic can be? Uh, alcoholic. Either or. I'd say Belgian beers. Yeah, right. Nice But one. which one? Yeah, exactly. It's That's a hard what... one to answer. I'm, I'm a leffer man. Oh. Yeah. But it's, it's so... a little bit mainstream. Yeah, it is. It's like saying you like the Kings of Leon after yeah. their fourth <laughs> album. But, uh... You know, I should really say like trapeze. Yeah, like or some monk. Trapeze is a monk one. Yeah, well, trapeze. A trapeze is a style, and there's there's seven trapeze. Like the secret monks that just make these crazy trapeze beers. Yeah, like one of those is like Orval. That's one. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, Westmuller. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, that's a good one. But to point out one specific, obviously double espresso. Yeah, non-alcoholic. Um, morning routine for any bike rider. Well, is it? I start with, I like to start milk in the morning, cappuccino, and then move on from that. 
milk and a cappuccino. No, no, a, oh. a milk coffee. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's it's probably either cappuccino or double espresso. But I'm straight up. I'm double espresso, yeah. straight up. I, I've got a coffee machine now, like a proper one, not a rocket one, not like Christian Meyer, <laughs> but like up there. But I still like the vibe of going to a cafe every morning, you know, having a maybe it's just an excuse to eat a brioche. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, Guinness. Oh yeah, I'm a Guinness man. Right. And my wife likes Guinness as well. Can you get good Guinness up in Denmark? If you go to a good Irish pub, mm. sure you definitely can. Yeah. But is the Guinness different when you drink it in Ireland? That's what I've heard. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we went on. A, we went to Ireland on a honeymoon. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Some people go to Hawaii and drink pina coladas. We went to Wicklow and ate fish and chips and drank Guinness for a week. Oh, yeah. beautiful. And that was really nice. Yeah. Plus, I've gotten to the age where I can enjoy Guinness. You know, I remember I went to Ireland with one of my cycling buddies when I was like, I think we were just first year amateurs. <laughs> and it was just when we started like boozing, or not boozing, but like, you know, when the off season started, you just like go full till for a month or two. Um, and then shut it down first January, like, okay, not going to drink a drop. <laughs> so we went to Ireland as one of the first off-season trips. Yeah. And, like, we didn't, we didn't even get home. We, like, went direct into a pub in Dublin with our suitcases. <laughs> and started drinking Guinness as if it was, like, two balls, which is the equivalent of a Heineken. Yeah. And we just, like, and this is a pint. We ate, drank eight pints each <laughs> within, like... Two hours, I think. They all just, came up again several times in a taxi. It was disgusting. So I, I didn't touch it for a while then, but then I matured. And now you're drinking it like a wine. Now it takes me like two hours just to mm. get through one. I'm not really, but you know, room temperature. Yeah, just you. You don't drink the last bit. Mm. I think there's some. What is it? Sediment in it? Sacred rule that you just don't. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not even a Guinness man. I've maybe had one ever. It's if you if you don't if you're not used to it, it's like eating a loaf of bread, <laughs> like it's that heavy. You almost need like a knife and fork to get through it. <laughs> but when you get used to it, it's like oh wait, it's not fizzy, but it's like that the the frothy. Foam, yeah, oh. that looks good. Yeah, but yeah, let's not talk. It sounds like I'm an alcoholic now. Yeah. I no, like. I was just enjoying it. Green tea. Yeah, no, yoga. Don't try and say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. All right, well, um, thanks for coming on. I want to get you a couple of times during the year, maybe more close to the classics, because yep. we'll be in that hotel for like a month. A we month, can, yeah. We can talk some stuff there, but um, good to chat to you, mate. Thanks, man. Cheers. See ya. That was cool. <laughs>